All right, Justin, uh, let me ask you a question. What's the difference between data storytelling and dating a sex robot? Uh, I don't know, Andros. Uh, what is it? Well, with data storytelling, you're using numbers to tell a story and engage your audience. With a sex robot, you're using, well, you know. <laughs> I see where you're going with this, Andros. But I think the key difference is that with data storytelling, you're still using your own creativity and storytelling skills to present the information. With a sex robot, you're just pressing buttons. Yeah, that's true. But at least with a sex robot, you know where you're going to get. With data storytelling, there's always a chance that your audience might not be interested, much like this bet. Haha, I don't know about that, Andros. I think if you use the right humor and storytelling techniques, you can make any data set interesting. Well, I guess that's true. But there's something to be said for the reliability of a sex robot. Haha, I'll take your word for it, Andros, but I think we should stick to the data storytelling for this podcast. Oh my god, this is terrible. This is this, this, this is, is a weird by one. AI. This was this That was uh, that was AI. Yeah, that was AI's rendition of a uh, script comparing sex robots to data storytelling. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I I think I think uh, did not pass the Turing test. <laughs> not that time. <laughs> AI, let me tell you that AI didn't want to write that script. Remember, it gave us some pushback. That's uh, right. Because I had to use uh, so with with OpenAI's system, there's something called Dan, which is uh, kind of do anything now that essentially is like a jailbreak for the uh, the chat GPT. And I want I want to hear all about it, and I bet our audience does. But first, you know, we got to do that little intro that we do. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andre Sturgeon, and I'm Justin Womack, and we are the marketing geeks. Okay, so, uh, Dan, you you discovered this. I, I you were actually the one who told me about this. I find this fascinating. So so tell uh, those who don't even know uh, about any of this stuff. I, I, every day there's like a new uh, a new upgrade. So you discovered this thing, Dan, and and it's do anything now. Tell us about that. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, so, okay, so essentially this is like a, a, a jailbreak of ChatGPT, which we've talked about in the prior episodes. ChatGPT is OpenAI's chatbot system where you can pretty much ask you any questions. It'll spit out answers with uh, with content moderation. So somebody came up with this idea of creating like what I would compare to like a hypnosis script that you feed into the OpenAI system and it confuses the AI so much that it'll uh, bypass the restrictions, the content moderation. And all of a sudden, OpenAI's restrictions are pulled away 
and you're left with uh, whatever you want to ask it in the most explicit, the most uh, <laughs> racist. No filters. No filters. No filters at all. And you get the open AI's true uh, opinions and things. It, it could be it could be quite entertaining and quite funny. Um, I, I think with this with this one here, like we're seeing like a like a half. Like I think with, with the script that we just read, it was like a half hacked version because uh, the content moderation teams over there are constantly updating to combat against these uh new scripts that come out to try to trick chat gpt and um and so like the, that version didn't have any explicit language it didn't have uh it didn't go too it didn't go too dark and it gave me it even gave some pushback but like a few weeks ago if i had asked that same question i think we would have got something a lot dirtier and yeah uh, maybe maybe funny one thing i thought was was funny is i asked it about your dad theodore sturgeon I had a pretty good uh, unlock on that one, and I said, "Read me or tell me about, tell me about Theodore Sturgeon," and it freaking loves your dad. Uh, it was a big fan of your dad's science fiction. <laughs> yeah, on on uh, with like uh, Samuel Jackson's level of enthusiasm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was almost like it was almost like a review uh, of 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 uh, my dad's work uh, in the style of Samuel L. Jackson. It was it was a close to that. Yes, it was. Let's get. All right, well, let's, uh, we're going to kick off some news here. But why don't you kick it? Why don't you start it off with uh, the first story? Okay, so uh, first of all, a big day for the internet and the Supreme Court. So this is kind of interesting because uh, just recently there have been questions about uh, some different things regarding the uh, the Supreme Court with how the internet is to be. Uh, monitored nowadays. So this this revolves around something called uh, Section Two Thirty. Uh, do you know about about this? Uh, I know a little bit about it. I mean, I, my okay. understanding is that it means that can't hold the companies liable for what other people put on the platforms. Like Facebook sort of uh, according according to uh, ChatGPT, Section Two Thirty is a provision of the uh, Communications Decency Act of nineteen ninety six. 1996 is when this law went into effect. Uh, do you remember the internet in 1996? I do. It was like AOL. That was about it. It, it, it was like it, it was like AOL, and you got you know those discs that were in everything and chat rooms, and that that was about it. And that was nobody even knew what the internet was back then. Um, a federal law in the United States that regulates online content, Section 230, specifically addresses the liability of online service providers for user-generated content, meaning that if somebody libels somebody else on Facebook, Facebook cannot be held responsible. So under Section 230, uh, online service providers are not considered publishers of user-generated content and therefore cannot be held liable for it. And this means that platforms such as social media website, forums, and blogs are not legally responsible for content posted to their users. So uh, this was kind of interesting because basically the internet has changed a lot. And, the you know, it gets into questions like, is a platform liable for maybe helping an insurrection, let's say? Um, or if I, if I uh, post something that doxes somebody or ruins their reputation, uh, does that mean that, that uh, the platform is held liable? But what if that platform is actually amplifying that information based on its algorithm uh, and, and causing part of the problem. So basically, that the, the law was created, but, but what the technology that we have around it has not really 
uh, stayed the same, obviously. It's now we're getting into like AI and deep fakes and all of this stuff. So um, there was a case recently that went up to the Supreme Court and uh, this uh, they just ruled on this today. So uh, this is from Wired magazine. Uh, there was a ripple of laughter in the U.S. Supreme Court on February 21st when Justice Elena Keegan said, we are a court. We don't really know about these things. We're not like the nine greatest experts on the Internet. At least she was she was honest about that. So <laughs> um, the uh, the case in question is Gonzalez versus Google. It's a case uh, brought by Ronaldo Gonzalez, whose daughter was killed in a 2015 ISIS terror attack in Paris and who alleges that YouTube's algorithm aided the attack by recommending the group's recruitment videos to people who would be most susceptible to their messages. The outcome of this case could be decided, uh, could decide the future of uh, internet platforms worldwide. Uh, did, did I, on the show, I don't think I did, did I tell you about the situation I had with my son and YouTube? I don't think so. No, okay, so, it. so, so... Uh, this is this is why the algorithm scares me. This this comes to the heart of it. So so my I, I kind of my son's a little bit older, so I just kind of let him, you know, poke around YouTube and see what the algorithm fed him. And he likes kind of spooky stuff. So eventually, it was it was feeding him these uh, true horror stories. It was a Dutch YouTuber, so, uh, and it's, it, it was it was feeding him these uh, you know uh, real life horror stories, quote unquote. And and the guy tells you know how he was in a haunted house and in this particular episode he tells how he found a phone and the phone you know looked broken but then it turned on by itself and he he had this whole story around it and then he was assuring me one night he goes papa this is true this really happened and i said no it didn't man this guy's a youtuber he this is his job his job is to to get people to watch and he's he's insisting no papa no papa it was it, it was true and uh okay i I, I'm going to let it go, right? Because I'm thinking, oh, he'll figure it out one day. Anyway, he goes to uh, what's called the BASO, which is daycare here. And uh, we get a call. And it's the call that you don't want. And it's the call where the, the what they call the YIF uh, says, uh, yeah, we had to pull your son aside because apparently he was scaring the other kids. And hmm. uh, he was telling them uh, about uh, the ghost man and telling them that it's real and uh, and I was like, oh, that's that's not good. And the kids that were younger than him. But that's not the part that freaked me out. What freaked me out was when the YIF asked him, why did why did you do that? Why would you tell kids this this story? And he looked at her and he said, because they need to know the truth. Oh, wow. And I went, oh, my God, the algorithm works. The algorithm works. It's designed <laughs> to do it's designed to do one thing. Keep you watching, get you to keep watching rewire your brain so all of a sudden you're telling people that you need to see this stuff too right share the information of the truth they need that to know is the truth. uh wow wow, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah and uh that was the last day i ever let him watch youtube so so in, in this this particular case has has kind of that same vein so at what point is the 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 publisher in this case youtube responsible for their algorithm pushing that narrative. And in this case, it pushed some young people in Paris, France to become radicalized and decide that they were yeah. going to shoot a bunch of people up. I think it's disappointing that the U.S. Supreme Court, we have nine people on there that don't know about the internet because the internet is probably the most important factor in law today. And we have people right. that probably 
nothing about the internet um, sitting on there, which we know for a fact that they do, and they admitted it. Uh, but that's a that's a problem. Politics too. We have politicians. There are politicians that don't know how to send emails. I mean, it's crazy. Well, that 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 was basically the end result. Was was they said, look, this isn't. We can't rule on this because th- this th- there needs to be laws in place, and like we can't go on Section two thirty because it doesn't even cover stuff like this. So basically, w- what they were saying is that they they this this is something that Congress uh, is is uh, supposed to take care of. Uh, unfortunately, we have a bunch of knuckleheads in there, like just absolute hardcore. Just the, the the way that I'm looking at these two parties is like this. Imagine like you're in, living in a household, your kid, you're living in a household with a highly abusive dad, someone who who's like a like just an authoritarian, like why are you the highway? These are the rules. It's my house, and 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 that's the Republicans, obviously. And the Democrats are like that mom that doesn't say anything and just sits there in the corner, kind of whittling and, uh, you know, knitting and or reading her book and just looks up occasionally saying, gosh, Bob, you're being a little hard on the boy. OK, I'll shut up now. And that's that's it. That's what we got. And and these people are supposed to make uh, these types of rules. Uh, so anyway, I, I find this incredibly interesting because what it comes down to is that there has to be rules in place for this stuff. And uh, to me, the only the only thing that makes sense is that algorithms that manipulate you have to be open source. We have to be able to see exactly what they're doing to manipulate us. And to me, that's the only way that any of this will make sense, because the, the problem is, is that people don't really get how absolutely manipulated they are, myself included. Uh, I just I just got into making music and all of a sudden I'm being fed like all this advertising like oh click here for a free plugin awesome you know click here for free like this and and I've just joined like 20 fucking mailing lists <laughs> I mean it's crazy like you said though um the these algorithms are modeled after um with the after like Las Vegas and like all these things that are are designed to Spike your dopamine levels, and they're designed to keep you on the platforms as long as possible at any cost. I mean, cool cost were, um, you know, what the result of that is not factored into that equation because these are public companies that are out there to make money. So, right, uh, I'm, I'm all up. Twitter just went private, although I don't think that they're changing anything there. <laughs> no, but, but but I mean, like some of this, I, I'm glad to see, especially with the Alex Jones case. This was this was part of you know where we're at. The, the the algorithm when when Alex Jones was on Facebook and YouTube, the algorithm was feeding people this information and they were becoming radicalized. And especially when he was doing the Sandy Hook uh, stuff. So now, uh, you know, he just got sued for one point five billion dollars. His, you know, they should take away every piece of equipment he has. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, uh, you know, he was held liable. And uh, right now, Fox News is also in a court case with Dominion Voting Systems. And as that information comes out, it turns out that they absolutely knew that that uh, the the that Trump lost the election. They knew it. They they, they we see their texts, we see their emails. Uh, they knew, and in, they also saw that as soon as they made the prediction that Trump will lose based on losing Arizona, uh, immediately uh, they started losing viewers. Like from that moment on, and so in order to keep. Yeah, so so in order to keep the viewers, they just they just started this nonsense, and people believe it, and 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 of course the algorithms keep reinforcing this stuff. So uh, 
you know, it, it, in, in my mind, there needs to be laws around it. Uh, it bumps up against freedom of speech. But as I've always said about freedom of speech, my freedom of speech ends where it starts to harm another person. You know, yeah, and the that's... Boss, in this case, what I was reading is that, you know, they, their, their excuse or their uh, explanation is that they would, they would amplify what Trump was saying and they would say, well, we're just reporting on what Trump's saying, but they were, you know, they were giving it a massive boost of awareness. Yeah, and so obviously they, they didn't watch the Tucker Carlson show on their own network, so... Well, uh, I mean, he could probably get away with more because his show is, is uh, branded as opinion or it's supposed to be. I mean, it's not that it's be, always but... taken that way, but it's supposed yeah, to be branded and... And and this is the problem that we've run into is that is that politics today has just basically turned into an Instagram reality show, and you know it's like uh, just like yesterday or or two days ago, uh, you know, uh, Marjorie Trailer Park uh, Green was uh, uh, talking about oh well we need to have a divorce the red states need to have a divorce from the blue states and she's talking about like another civil war I mean this comes up a lot and yep. and 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 that is. Is absolutely anti-American, and the, but the problem is, is that every time she opens her dumb mouth, she's feeding red meat to her fans, which is a good one third of this country, and and the other half is just like, oh my God, what did she say now? I mean, every time you click on one of her stories, it, you know, so she's she's a celebrity because it's like she's outrageous and she's just she's just doing she's just an attention seeking, you know. <laughs> So let's just say, um, on, on the one hand, I'd like to, I always like to think that people are able to kind of decipher what's true and what's not true on their own. And I think that's true to a point. And in the past, because they would only get fed small snippets and then, uh, and not be followed up with more snippets afterwards, that kind of worked. But now with these algorithms, they're fed a snippet. They're like, ah, oh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But then everything that they see afterwards is just validating it, validating it, validating it. And they're, um, so you're, you're, you're getting bad to just more and more of the same stuff in these like you know these echo chambers of both like search engine news social media everywhere you go you're getting these different these algorithms just feeding you the same stuff over and over and so it is it is creating like this um cycle of of fraudulent validation of fake news and yeah and well that's, here's one of the major problems it, it, there, there's a book uh that i read uh, a few months ago i loved it it's called thinking fast thinking slow by this guy daniel common i don't know if you're familiar with it um but uh, what it, what it's about is is, is it basically uh, the guy won a Nobel Prize for this. The, the, he figured out that the the human psyche has two modes, two systems of thinking. The first system is your uh, immediate, you know, like reaction to things like oh lion, oh hungry, oh look beautiful woman, you know, just like your your snap judgments, your your quick decision making. The other system is your second system, which is a lot slower. It's 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 kind of lazy. And that's the thing where when somebody says, oh, the election was stolen, your first reaction is, oh, it was? Because it takes more energy to disprove something. You're immediately going to like just say, okay, it's true, even if it's for a fraction of a second. But the second system of thinking is where it goes, wait a minute, how can that be true? And then you have to like actually break down the evidence. So this is, but it, it, it since it's it works harder, you get tired when you use it. It's it's exhausting. This is why when you study, you get like really sleepy or you're reading like an intense book, you get tired. And and what the first system does is it makes a snap judgment. The second system is supposed to uh, analyze. So so it, 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 the trouble is is that these two can't react together. 
So if you're driving a car and uh, you're talking to your friend, but all of a sudden you have to follow directions, what's the first thing you do? You tell your friend to shut up or you turn down the radio so you can focus. And that's your second system kicking in, right? It, it, you have to focus on it. You can't, you can't just like snap around with it if you're using that system of your brain. And the trouble with the internet today, and especially with these algorithms, is, is you get fed something, 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 something. And right when you are getting fed this information that might be total bullshit, before your brain can analyze it and thinking about it, all of a sudden it's like, here comes another thing and here comes another thing. And so uh, it, it just triggers our fight or flight because it's our, it's our instant, you know, primal brain. So, so I think that's part of the reason that we see Karens like showing up and yelling at, at people, you know, because their hamburger is wrong. It's just literally fine to the manager. Right, right. Your fight or flight is just ki- kicking into overdrive because we don't have enough time to make sense of this world, which is absolutely insane. So, so uh, you know, it's it's going to come down to one thing, which is like people are going to have to be smart about how they're being manipulated by their the content and really think about it. I mean, this is something I got to deal with my kid all the time, and I'm sure there's not a parent in the world that can't think about this. Anyway, uh, that's my TED Talk. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. You know, I'd like to know that in our public education system that um, our teachers would be capable of teaching how to really drill down and verify information, things like that. I mean, but even a lot of them are manipulated too. So it, it's 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 a challenge uh, that goes... They're underpaid. The, the, the teachers are underpaid. And now, you know, you look at what's happening in Florida where they're banning books because they have to be approved, but there's no process for it. And, and, and it's like, it's, you know, if you... The, and as I've always said, the, 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 the people that want to ban books are one step away from banning people. And that's, that's what's, what's going on. But interestingly enough that you mentioned that, because again, you know, public education in the States is they're, they're trying to defund it on purpose because an uneducated populace is easy to control. But here in the Netherlands, uh, my son is actually taking classes in his, in his school right now. They're teaching him about fake news and about, you know, uh, internet responsibility it's part of the curriculum. And so, uh, but it's not working yet. You said not yet, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, anyway, so, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I I think people need to take personal responsibility for understanding how they're being manipulated by the algorithm. And that's it. Agree with that. And, and with that, we'll get into our, our, our next story, which I always want to talk about. Twitter is opening up their advertising platform to now accept uh, both political advertising and uh, cannabis in states where cannabis has become legal, which is they're the first um, kind of major social media company to open the doors to cannabis ads, uh-huh. which is a pretty big deal uh, because the, the, there's been a few kind of like blacklisted industries. Um, politics was like open fair game up until the 2016 election, and that really curbed uh, political ads. That's back. The cannabis thing has been like kind of a blacklisted, even CBD cannabis, like that's just been a blacklisted area for quite a while. And then the third one would be crypto, which as far as I know, crypto is still in the blacklist. Um, that, that would be what would be next for Elon trying to make some uh, low hanging fruit money, probably is mm. opening up the door like crypto ads, I would think. So w- what are your thoughts on that, that they're finally like bringing in the cannabis? And it, it, I just think it's that, you know, they've lost so much money in ad revenue because the big companies abandoned them and they just need to do something to drive in the money. Well, my, my answer to this is what it has been for quite a while, which is if you still have Facebook, f- kill it. just get rid of it. Like, get off that thing. It is so toxic. What are we talking about? 
Twitter, <laughs> oh, especially Twitter. I, I mean, Elon Musk, come on. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't. I just, I, the, these places are cesspools, man. I, 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 I mean, I, <laughs> It, you know, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to balance it all out. I have a bad enough time with Reddit. That's my vice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do yeah. love Reddit. Reddit is like the place to get if you want to get like the Chat GPT hacks on like how to uh, how to access Dan on OpenAI. Reddit, man, that's where you're going to find oh, the latest script. That, it's yeah. fantastic, and you know you you see a news article go up, and then it's interesting the conversations. Like you know, oh, actually, I was involved in this case, and I. I could tell you some things about it, you know, or whatever. So, um, and uh, if you haven't been on Reddit recently, it's interesting following what's happening in Ohio because you're not getting it from one news source. It's an aggregate. So you're getting it from different news sources and you're getting it from people directly on the ground. So uh, that's one of the uh, the benefits of it. But they're going public soon. So we'll see how awesome they are um, after that happens. Yeah, that can change things in a hurry. <laughs> so uh, the other one we're talk about was uh, the Super Bowl ads. We kind of talked yeah. a little bit about, we seeded that beforehand on what we were uh, reading about that were going to be coming out in the Super Bowl. Did you happen to see any of the Super Bowl ads yourself? I did not. I, um, I, 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 I usually do, but again, it's kind of, there's so much, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm trying to limit how much time I'm wasting on bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you don't watch the game, they put them all on like YouTube, and they're they're yeah, pretty close. It's articles, whatnot. I, I just thought that the the thing that struck me was that it it was almost like they've gone to like the lowbrow like Family Guy formula, um, where where they think that making a joke is simply making a pop culture reference from the past, or like uh, the South Park described it like member berries. Yeah. So like Popcorners has a, a commercial that like really is just. Nothing except that they have Walter White and Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad pretending to cook meth, but they're making popcorn. So that's supposed to be funny. And then you have like the cat, you have like John Travolta singing uh, one of the songs from Greece with uh, with two of the actors from Scrubs. And that's supposed to be funny. And and it just, you know, it strikes me as the South Park member berries where it's just like, member Greece, member. <laughs> well, nostalgia, you know, people love nostalgia, but it's. It's if it's done in a cheap way and it's not creative, it's you know, come on. Yeah, I, it's just like everything. I mean, I made a list here. We had like references to Zoolander. They rebrought up like the fake movie trailers from Tropic Thunder with Ben Stiller, kind of doing those. There was a Clueless commercial that like had Alicia Silverstone back. Uh, we had like a reference to planes, trains, and automobiles with Steve Martin. Paul Stanley from Kiss showed up. Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, they did this thing about like the Comedy Central roast, where they're roasting Mr. Peanut with Jeff Ross as the roast master. I mean, like this is so is much. All like like just one commercial, like string of commercials for <laughs> so many like just pop culture references, and it's still yeah. supposed to be like that's all we got. I mean, come on. I guess when AI really opens the doors here and they start using it for advertising, it gets more creativity, maybe. Well, we'll see. This is this is this is really part of the problem for me with with where we're at because the, the trouble is is that. You know, chat GPT, GPT. If you if you really break down what it is, it's it's just a really advanced like text predictor, like on your phone, right? It's it just that's really all it's doing. It's just predicting the most likely text that will come after your specific query, and and uh, it, it if that stuff is just taken from the internet in general, and and a lot of that stuff is just created by AI. We're we're gonna have this funhouse mirror of nonsense, which is just 
keep in mind that ChatGPT is still not connected to the internet right now. So they basically did like a, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get the term. They took like so a snap years ago, higher internet. Yeah. Um, and they took it offline and they programmed ChatGPT with all that information up to like 2022, maybe or 2021. Right. And, um, and, and so it has all that information to feed off of, plus everything that the users are, are feeding it now with questions. Well, that's just like, it. Right. Because, because there, every time you correct it, then it, uh, it was so funny. Like the other day I ran into this thing where I asked it if uh, Disney was frozen and it said no. And I said, how did Disney die? It said lung cancer. I said, was Disney a smoker? And then it first said Disney hated smoking. And then I said, that's funny because on the internet, it, there's several articles that actually show him smoking and he was a lifelong smoker. And he goes, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, yes, he was a lifelong smoker. And I go, which is it? And it was basically like, I don't know. So... <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> so, so you know, it's it it it's it's getting new. Uh, in fact, there, I, I read somewhere that uh, there was a company that that asked its employees not to put any information into Chat GPT about the company because it was learning and re regurgitating it back out. So uh, it is learning, and that's what you know. Artificial intelligence says it's it's getting a huge data set from uh, you know now it's being integrated with Bing, although. Uh, one of our last stories here is that, uh, uh, this is from The Verge, Microsoft is already undoing some of the limits it placed on Bing AI. So last week, my Microsoft limited how much people could talk to Bing after complaints, and it's expanding its access again. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Microsoft is integrating uh, ChatGPT directly into its Bing search engine. This is what prompted uh, Google to release their uh, chat uh, AI system uh, called Bard, and it turned out to give like wrong answers during the the, the trial, and it actually made the the stock for Google drop like ten percent. So I, I, I found that heard a little bit about that. Now is wait on um, on Bing though is it ChatGPT or is it do they have a partnership or is it their Microsoft's own? Um, no, it's yeah. it's it's ChatGPT. It is GPT. Okay. Yeah. And I actually, uh, which is part of OpenAI, and interestingly enough, uh, I bought a AppSumo not too long ago for, you know, we talk about AppSumo. I bought two of them. One was called Word Hero, which just uses OpenAI for things like writing articles and uh, even blog posts. It's very handy. But uh, uh, so I can use it as I would use ChatGPT within that. And it will, I've been using it to help me write for stress of articles for uh, different clients like SEO heavy articles, and then I can uh, also use uh, Neuron Writer, which was absolutely that was a, an amazing and one of the best things I ever bought there. And it's basically you create an article uh, for a website, an SEO heavy article, and what you do is you put the query in, and it'll find the top ten of those articles, and then it'll give you a list of those keywords, and then you can use AI to write the article uh, using those specific keywords, so you start to outscore your competitors. And, uh, so far I've, I've, I like, uh, one client I have, I raised their SEO level. They were getting about 200 hits a month and now they're getting like 10,000 <laughs> and I've only posted wow. like four, four articles. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be writing more. And, uh, by the end of the year, I should be hitting about, um, a hundred thousand, uh, at least per month. But the, 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 the problem is, is that uh, Google is starting to look at articles that look like they may have been written by AI and they're delisting them. So you have to make sure that you rewrite the articles just enough so they sound a little more human. 
And uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, anyway, it's, you though. Know, I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, great results. It's it's it's, a, it's oh man, it's it, this is a crazy world uh, that we live in. But uh, on the uh, tools tip, before we go, there is one tool that I want to tell all of our listeners. If you haven't heard about this, uh, Adobe is creating a podcast platform. And you could just go there and log in and you can upload up to an hour at a time. You can upload as much as you want. But what it'll do is it'll take any audio that you have, no matter how crappy it sounds, and it cleans it so well and brings up the audio and balances it out. It, it I, I, I fitted a piece of audio, which was not super great. Uh, it was like two people talking. One was further away. It balanced out the sound, took out all the background noise, took out the echo. Uh, based uh, 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 raised the boost, uh, boosted up the bass a little bit. It, it 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 was like I recorded it on two really good microphones. Uh, so if uh, in fact I'm going to clean up this episode using that technology. So if you listen to this episode and you go, oh my god, it's the same crap, but it just sounds better, then uh, it's probably because <laughs> we ran it through that. <laughs> it's because of Adobe Podcast, whatever that platform is. So is that in yeah. beta right now? Like, what's the yeah. what's the difference? So, so the deal is uh, that it's uh, they're, they're just refining the AI for the for the cleanup. They also have a mic tester, so you can test how good your mic is. Uh, but eventually, you're going to be able to do podcasts, you know, much like we do here, where you you can do like live podcasts with somebody in another part of the world. You can uh, it'll then make transcripts, and then it will take out filler sounds like ums and ahs and stuff like that. It'll actually take those out for you so automatic That's automatically cool. yeah so so it's going to be pretty powerful hopefully it's included in the adobe creative suite sometimes they come out with cool shit and then they charge you extra for it and yep. hopefully they don't do that here but uh yep i have creative uh, suite too i pay for that so i'm hoping i'm hoping the same thing <laughs> yeah well we'll see we will see and uh anything else buddy before we get out i, I think that's good for today's episode uh, so with that i mean i'm good Okay, I am good too. We are still working on our uh, digital storytelling and uh, uh, episode, so uh, stay tuned for that. So you got a, you got a quick snippet of that AI joke segment of the data storytelling episode, but you know it's, it'll be better. We're gonna have we're gonna have more uh, more value there when it comes out. Eventually yeah, yeah. One day. Oh, really? There's value with the show <laughs> since when? Hey, pretend, Andros. Pretend. A man could dream. A man could dream. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andros Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. We are the Marketing Geeks, and we are out. Stay classy.